if you are someone with, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 followers, don't feel like you're not at a place to pitch brands yet. Like the trend with influencer marketing has become that macro and nano influencers are working with brands even more these days and brands want to work with them even more because if you have, you know, 40,000 followers, you are at a place where you're able to actually engage with your community and engage with the people that follow you and your followers think of you. I hate like when I ever say fault, your audience thinks of you. I think of it as like a cult. I hate saying that. Your I know, audience it's like the term influencer. <laughs> like these words have just gotten like dirty over the last I know. Years. I get I get it. Um your audience thinks of you as like a trusted friend, right? That they actually have a connection with. That is my guest today. Her name is Christina Galbato. She also has her own podcast called Her Life by Design. And today she's really pulling back the curtain and sharing her experience as an Instagram influencer and also as a coach to future influencers. And in this episode, she is going to break down step-by-step what to do to be an Instagram influencer today. As a lot of us know, things have changed in the last few months, definitely in the last few years, when it comes to building a following that you can monetize on Instagram, and she is giving us the latest details in this episode. Before you listen, please take a second to tap that subscribe button. Leave me a positive rating or a review if you have not yet. I would really appreciate it. And as you know, you can always find things that we mentioned in the show notes for this episode. We mentioned quite a bit. Christina has a couple of boot camps and a coaching program. So I will make sure to link to that in the show notes, as well as some free trainings for Instagram Reels and for blogs as well. So make sure you check out the show notes for this episode. And remember, you can always watch these on YouTube. If you want to see us in real life and see our faces as we chat, you can check it out on YouTube and you can find all that information on my website as well. I'm kind of double dipping here on MediaMavenAndMore.com and also on ChristinaAllDay.com. Ever wonder how some people seem to get all the media coverage, but you don't? Go behind the scenes with a TV reporter, national on-air host, and news contributor who has interviewed celebrities, took you inside the Versace mansion, and even stood on a chair to interview basketball legend Alonzo Mourning. Get ready, because Become a Media Maven is the podcast where Christina Nicholson is sharing secrets from her years in front of the camera, in the editing booth, and now behind the podcast mic. Christina, thank you for coming, taking a break from your podcast and coming on to my podcast. I'm excited to have you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like it's been a minute since I've done someone else's podcast, so roles are reversed. I'm excited. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Ooh, okay. I like it. So I want to chat about everything influencer marketing. Obviously, this is your jam. I want you to quickly talk about how you got into it because when did you get into it? How long ago did you like start dabbling in it? Day one, 2016, and then went full-time in 2017. So things have definitely changed a lot over the years. Um, But I basically got started. I mean, my story is kind of similar to many entrepreneurs, but um, had graduated college in 2015 and um, was working in PR, actually, in New York City, and was just sort of feeling like this isn't for me, you know, like I'm just not really the type of person that can be working nine to five. So I started my Instagram as a hobby, um, mainly focused at the time on travel and lifestyle and ended up growing my following fairly quickly and getting a lot of opportunities to work with brands, 
quit in 2017. This is like totally um, spark notes, but um, and then over the next few years, started working with more and more brands in the travel space, um, Brits Carlton, uh, Four Seasons, tourism boards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then in 2018, my business kind of pivoted a little bit because I noticed that um, a lot of the questions that I was getting were less about like, hey, what are the best things to do in this destination? And more of how can I do what you do? How can I grow my audience, work with brands, make this something profitable? Um, and so that was when my kind of online education business began emerging was in late 2018. So I've been focused on that ever since, have a number of online courses, mastermind programs, and have been able to help close to 10,000 women go full-time as influencers, which has been amazing. Something I was going to ask you, but I guess you kind of already answered it, was how you transitioned. Because in my mind, when you're a travel content creator, I don't like using the word influencer. It just like sounds <laughs> dumb to me. So I'm going to call you content creator. That's fine. When you're a travel content creator... And then you go to being an online course creator. Like in my mind, that's a totally different audience. But you were just organically building an audience of like soon to be influencers then. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think, so my transition kind of took a while, but I know for a lot of people that maybe switch industries or niches that there is that period of like losing a ton of people. Maybe they aren't resonating with your content. Um, but ultimately, when I started talking about how people can achieve that lifestyle for themselves, I think it really fit very organically into travel because typically people that are interested in travel are interested in freedom and flexibility and the ability to work from wherever they want. So that really fit in very naturally with it. Um, but I mean, for two years, I was kind of talking about both and really straddling like the travel line and the online entrepreneurship line. And then it wasn't until probably like later last year in 2020, when I was sort of having this like major identity crisis. And I was like, I don't know why I'm splitting my attention between these two things. Like ultimately I'm, you know, I will always love travel, but I'm more excited about the education side of things. So let's just go in all on that. So then if we are to break down your revenue streams, is most of it the online educator and then a portion of it, your maybe SEO with ads, brand partnerships? I want you to get into that in a bit. But right now, where is your revenue broken up? Yeah. So right now it is probably about 80% online courses, um, maybe 10% um, the mastermind group coaching program that I run. And then the smallest part would be brand collaborations and affiliate marketing and things like that. Um, but when I left my, or when I kind of started transitioning into online education, I was running a six figure business from brand collaborations alone. But what I really like about diversifying income, and this is why I encourage, you know, influencers, content creators, whatever, to think about, um, creating digital products is that way you can be more picky about the brand collaborations that you're taking on. So I don't come from a place now of like, Oh, I need a collaboration. I need a collaboration, right? It's if the right partnership comes and aligns with me, then, you know, I have the flexibility to decide if that's something that fits. Tell me when you, when it was 2017, 18, 19, when you were doing the influencer thing full-time transitioning to full-time where you were successful enough to make that transition, mm -hmm. um, how you grew then, what worked then and does it work now? Because just in a few years, it's so different. So tell me what yeah. worked for you then 
And if it does or does not work now and what you would advise other people who are just getting in the game today, loaded question, like three and one. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I want to take notes on this answer before I start. But um, when I started, I think I think the biggest difference overall is that in 2016, 2015, that time period, you could really show up on Instagram without a strategy, right? Like you did need to be consistent. That's kind of the same thing as nowadays, but you could really show up without a strategy in terms of like what kinds of, you know, what your content pillars were and um, just kind of posting willy nilly, like kind of off the seat of your pants, like, oh, I have to post something today. And you could grow that way. Now, I think the difference is that you really do need a strategy going into it. Like you need to be planning your content in advance. You need to be understanding your audience more and coming from a place of service more. But back then it was being consistent, engaging a lot with other people's pages. Those things still work. But I think one of the things that I tell people now is to shift away from like that me, 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 look at me content. And I think that's what a lot of people think when they look at influencers is like, oh, she's just sharing about her hair routine and sharing what she's eating and where she's traveling and stuff. But I think people need to shift away from that look at me content and more of like, how am I actually offering my audience value? So instead of, you know, posting about the salad I made for lunch or the picture that says yummy, like, can I share the recipe? Can I create a reel showing other people how to put that together themselves? So I always encourage people with like every piece of content they're putting out to, to think about it from a value packed perspective rather than just like sharing about you because no one cares <laughs> um, unless you're like a, a big celebrity or someone who has created a life that people are just really interested in. Like you have to be offering value people and like every purchasing, every follow decision that they're making are thinking, you know, what's in it for me. So always keeping that, that question in the back of your mind. That it reminds me of when I get a lot of authors who reach out to me, um, inquiring about hiring my PR agency to promote their book. And I do the same thing. I'm like, unless you're already a celebrity, nobody gives a shit about your book. Like Memoir. you need to build your <laughs> brand so they give a shit about you to buy your book. So you need to like start publicizing all of this months before your book is even available. Like only celebrities or real housewives can publish a book and it's a bestseller. Like other than that, exactly. like you're kind of screwed. So it's the exactly. same type of thing. Same type of thing. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for anybody listening, no matter what industry you're in, you want to just make sure that like the content that you're putting out is a mix of like educational inspirational and kind of connection content as well as promotional, just depending on if you offer services or something like that. But that like connection content should really be like only 20% of your kind of content, like, you know, sharing about yourself and telling your story. The rest should really come from that, like that place of service and offering value. What are the biggest mistakes you see people making when they want to make a living as a blogger or influencer? Um, I think the biggest one would be the me, me, me content. I would say also your intentions behind it. I see a lot of people that um, want to do it for a quick buck or free stuff or free trips. And, you know, that's, that doesn't last. Um, <laughs> those people fizzle out very quickly. So I think connecting to like the why behind why you really want to do this and what's the actual impact that you want to make on people is really important. Um, 
I and see. I think it's important to note that the free trips and free stuff, like they don't pay your mortgage. Like you can't call your mortgage company and be like, I got a box of skincare. Can yeah. I pay my mortgage yes. with it? Like it doesn't work. It's like you said, it's not suspense. It's nice, but it's mm-hmm. not sustainable. Exactly. Yeah. The free stuff doesn't, doesn't fly. And that's a lot of the education that I do with my students around is like, don't accept that stuff because you creating content for that brand for free is taking away from the time that you could spend pitching other brands or doing other work. And I do think that it is the influencer marketing industry is changing a lot and brands are becoming really attuned to the fact like, oh, we actually need to pay people for their work. Shocking. Um, (laughs) but also, um, People don't realize that those trips are so much work. Like I know people look in on influencers and they're like, they just post pictures all day. Like, no, those free trips are so much work. So you have to make sure that like you're actually, you know, getting paid for that. Um, But then the other thing I was going to say with a mistake, and this is particularly from like the perspective of pitching brands and working with brands is not really coming from a business minded perspective and understanding like what a brand's goals are with a campaign. Um, you know, thinking like what's in it for me versus like, you know, how can I actually offer this brand value? Who is my audience? What's their demographic? Does it align with the brand's target audience? Um, you know, what are stats that I can show that my audience has converted in the past um, and really coming at it from a, a business perspective, which is not something that everybody can do. And so that's what I'm hoping to kind of achieve through my courses is to get people thinking like more intelligently about how they operate. No, and that's such a good point. I remember when I started my business over six years ago now, I was like, I just want to be a professional freelancer and I just want to do the servicing. Like, I don't want to deal with the sales and the admin and like really the businessy stuff. But then I quickly learned through, you know, masterminds, coaches, the whole thing that like, if you don't do this from a business minded perspective, like you're not going to be successful. You're not going to have a full-time income. Like you have to have contracts and they have Mm -hmm. to say certain things because, You know, there are a lot of, I feel like, and I don't know the experiences you've had, but there are a lot of people who you cross paths with in business who prove the reason why we all need contracts. Like there are a lot of selfish people in this world. There (laughs) are a lot of self-serving people in this world and you have to cover your ass and take, Mm -hmm. you know, there's a big separation between things that are personal and things that are business. And it's not like you're being mean. I used to have that mindset like, oh, I don't want them to think I don't trust them or I'm being difficult, but like it is what it is. And the quicker you learn that and execute that, the more successful you will be. Totally. Yeah. Legal stuff is, is definitely one of the harder kind of, you know, not lessons. I haven't had any crazy things happen, but it's just one of those things that you realize like, this is so important. And especially, you know, serving in my courses, thousands of women per month, you can anticipate the things that people will throw at you or the, you know, problems that they're going to have, or, you know, things that will come up with working with brands or, you know, working with clients. Like you just always want to protect yourself and think about contracts as not like, oh, it's just protecting me. It's a selfish thing, but also, you know, they protect the other person as well. Okay. So let's break down working with brands because there's a lot that goes into it. And you talked Mm -hmm. about, you know, approaching them with a business mindset who do you approach if you are pitching? Mm-hmm. I I don't do that. I'm not, I don't make a living as an influencer. I have my PR mm-hmm. agency. I mm-hmm. have software for PR agencies. 
but I say I side hustle as a blogger and content creator, but I don't ever pitch anything just because it's time consuming. Like I'm not going to lie. It's not where I want to prioritize my time. It takes a lot of time to seek out the right person to send pitches, Mm -hmm. to follow up, and then just to deliver with creating Mm -hmm. the content and getting it approved. And then after that, you have to give them your analytics and your insights and the whole thing. So yes, people, it is a lot harder than it looks like on the ground. But what do you suggest for people? I guess step one is finding the brands and then the right person to talk to. I mean, you break me down, take me yeah. through the steps that people need to do to actually get these brand deals, because that's what a lot yeah. of people want right now. Yeah. Um, the first thing I want to say too, before I get into like the tangible steps is um, if you are someone with, you know, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000 followers, don't feel like you're not at a place to pitch brands yet. Like the trend with influencer marketing has become that macro and nano influencers are working with brands even more these days and brands want to work with them even more because if you have, you know, 40,000 followers, you are at a place where you're able to actually engage with your community and engage with the people that follow you and your followers think of you. I hate like when I ever say fault, your audience thinks of you. I think of it as like a cult. I hate saying that. Your I, audience it's like the term influencer. <laughs> like these words have just gotten like dirty over the last I know. I get I get it. Um, your audience thinks of you as like a trusted friend, right? That they actually have a connection with versus a larger celebrity, 500,000, a million, millions of followers they see as more of a celebrity type. And so brands are noticing that they actually oftentimes get a higher conversion with micro influencers. So that's my first thing is that anybody listening that feels like, oh, I got to grow 10,000 more followers, it might not be the case. Um, The first overall thing is you want to just make sure that you, and this might seem obvious, but (laughs) apparently it's not with what I've seen. You want to create content that will attract the brand that you want to work with. So for example, I see a lot of influencers that, um, you know, they want to be in the luxury travel space, but they're creating content that is like about budget travel. And they're talking about backpacking and they're like, Christina, why, why is, you know, Ritz Carlton not reaching out to me? And it's like, well, because you've created this brand where you're an expert in budget travel, they don't see the return there. They don't, you know, they know that your audience is not going to be interested in their, in their brand. They're just not there. Um, so that's the first thing is creating content that will attract the brand that you want to work with. Um, then I would say to get on influencer marketing platforms, I have a whole blog post about these, um, but some of the top ones would be like collectively, um, for, which is F O H R. There's a ton of them, but basically these platforms connect influencers to brands based on, you know, a brand's campaign goals, based on how many influencers they want to work with, et cetera, et cetera. So you can apply to these campaigns. And I would say my advice for applying for these campaigns is the same for when you're reaching out to a brand cold via email, that you want to come from a place like we were talking about, business-minded, talking about your audience, your demographics, past examples of um, brand deals that you've done, um, but also offering up a lot of creative ideas and sort of going above and beyond just like, hey, I want to work with your brand. So for example, if you want to work with a cheese brand, I don't know why that's the first thing that popped into my head. I love oh, cheese. I like creating it. cheese. <laughs> going with the cheese. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm going to go with the cheese. So let's say there's a cheese brand on some influencer marketing platform or you, you know, you're a food blogger and you want to reach out, including like three specific creative ideas that you have. Like for this campaign, some ideas that I have are creating a reel that is putting together a charcuterie platter, or, you know, maybe it's this picture in this, in this park 
that you want to take that is a good static post for them or, you know, a series of stories showing how to pair cheeses with wines or something like that. Just going above and beyond to present these creative ideas to the brand will be really helpful because, I mean, these brands get so many pitches every day. So the more that you can do to kind of go above and beyond, the better. Um, I'm trying to think if I have any other Who are you pitching? You say they get a lot of pitches. Who specifically are you? If you're not on a collectively or a four and you actually just want to reach out one-on-one, who are you pitching? Like, what is their title? How are you finding their contact information? Yeah. So in terms of finding contact information, the first thing that I start with is just on their website. If they have any sort of like PR marketing email, that would be um, ideal. If they have an influencer email, that's even more ideal, but PR marketing is great. If I can't find the contact information, um, I will go over to Instagram and just message them and say, hi, you know, I'm looking to get in touch regarding a uh, marketing campaign. What's the best contact and email for me to reach out to? So I'll say something like that. Um, But if you're an influencer looking to monetize through brand collaborations and you're not really sure where to start, I would say um, to start with the brands that you're already sort of organically mentioning in your content, the brands that you already use and love. Um, Something that I recommend people do is if they're interested in a particular brand, go to their Instagram page, go to their tagged photos and see if they're working with other influencers in a paid capacity before you kind of waste your time with that. Um, And then, yeah, just making introductions to a bunch of brands. Typically what I would do when I was really focused on getting more collaborations is have like a spreadsheet with all the brands that I knew would fit my niche. Um, find their contact information and then create a a pitch email for, for each of the brands and sort of just, you know, plug and play with them. And again, like I mentioned, the reason I don't do this is because it's very time consuming, but if you want to do this full time, and I think that's another misconception. A lot of people do, like you said, they think it's just like an easy breezy thing because <laughs> yeah. that's what it looks like on the internet. It's just like, like when I was in TV, people thought, I mean, people still do, right? Look at all these so-called media experts we have today. Like people think it's a certain thing because they see it on TV. It's like me watching Grey's Anatomy and saying, I know how to be a doctor because, you know, right. I see it on TV. It's very time consuming. So if you are to hire help, I'm assuming there are VAs who specialize in things like this. Like who would you hire and what would you have them do? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was going to say next is that if you have the means to outsource, um, I would definitely recommend outsourcing somebody that can do this pitching for you. So there's kind of two options. One would be a VA and one would be more of like a manager type. Um, there are a lot of influencer management companies out there. My thing with them is a lot of people think that managers will get them a ton of brand collaborations automatically. Like, oh, I'm not getting any right now. Let me get a manager so they can get me a bunch. That's not the case. You only want to get a manager when you're at the place, when you are getting a ton of inbound requests from brands and it's just becoming too much to manage and too much to negotiate. You need help with contracts. You need help with, you know, someone being in the email, Um, and influencer managers typically have, you know, more connections, more insight into this space. Um, but I think a VA is honestly a really great place to, to go and have them, you know, send out a certain number of pitches per week, just because they're going to take less from every brand deal. Managers take about usually like 10 to 20%, 20% more average, um, versus a VA, you know, you can just pay them by the hour, have a template that they use, um, and, you know, pitch for you. Okay. 
Perfect. And tell me the manager route, do's and don'ts when you're looking for a manager. Because, and I have heard what you're like, people think, you know, you hire a manager and they get you the deals, but like you need the deals first and then you get a manager. So are you sending, I'm thinking of like the, the person who handles sales for my agency, she does outbound stuff, but I also send her what is coming in. Is that the same with a manager? They're also doing their part to get you some deals, but you're also sending them stuff that pops up in your inbox? Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of different just depending on the manager. So for example, I don't have a manager now just because collaborations are not my number one thing. Um, but some of them will pitch on your behalf and negotiate incoming opportunities on your behalf. Others will only negotiate incoming opportunities. So you just want to make sure like my preference is, you know, that they're doing both that they're doing outreach and negotiating anything that's coming to me. Um, but just making that really clear, I would also say, I mean, there's so much to this, but I would say to kind of get a vibe on whether they're seeing you as a paycheck or an actual person. Like, are they understanding your future goals with this? Like, are they understanding, you know, the projects that you want to build out as an influencer and as a personal brand, or are they just there for a paycheck and they're sending you, you know, collaborations from McDonald's if you're like a, you know, health influencer or something like that. Um, so that's more of a vibe thing. I have a whole like hour long podcast episode on this with my old manager, if anyone's interested in Ooh, kind of scrolling back to 2019 on this, but, um, yeah, it goes more in depth on, on all of that stuff. And that's on her life by design podcast, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. We will link to that in the show notes, wrapping this brand collaboration combo up. Mm -hmm. Tell me, tell me about the follow-up. What's the follow-up look like after you send an email or a message? You mean for that first initial pitch, right? Yeah. So, I would say the first thing is don't be afraid to follow up. I typically follow up twice. I learned that in PR. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure it's annoying on the on the media side of things, but I would say don't be afraid of following up. Usually I'll follow up like twice with two to three business days in between. Um, I would just kind of continue to offer value. Like don't say, you know, just following up on this email can't wait to hear back, but, you know, go more above and beyond and be like, I was thinking about this even more. And this is another really great idea I have for it. Um, and, and, um, you know, don't be afraid to continue sending stats from your audience, examples of previous campaigns. And then when you're done, I mean, obviously if somebody's paying you to do a job, you need to get that approved. You cannot post anything without their approval on the image and the caption. But then after that, I feel like, I mean, and I know just working on the PR side with influencers, a lot of times after they get their dinner, or whatever it is, they like go MIA. And it's like, no, no, no. Like you're making me like comb through all these posts. I don't know your views from stories. I don't know how many swipe ups you had. I find a lot of people kind of go MIA and they don't tell you how it went. So what's the best way to follow up after you have delivered the service you were paid to deliver, which I'm sure this is all in contracts as well, but for people who maybe they haven't worked that far with influencers mm -hmm. or with, with brands, how do they really like put the bow on top? Yeah. That's another thing too, that, you know, 
people not really seeing this as a business and seeing like, oh, well, I got paid and that's, that's it. Um, so two things here, you want to be professional and you also have an opportunity to continue the relationship if the campaign went well. So what I typically recommend doing is sending a wrap up email with like a link to a Google drive with um, a bunch of screenshots of story analytics of your post analytics. And then in the email, you know, linking out to that Google drive where they can go see insights from the campaign. Um, but as well as I like to include some like qualitative uh, feedback in that email as well in terms of like, I got this DM from this person that said that they went and bought. I got a ton of great feedback on this reel. They said they haven't seen a, a product like this in this space in so long, just including some of that qualitative feedback. And then what, usually once they respond to that email and they're like, oh, this is so great. These are great results, hopefully. Um, then there's your opportunity to pitch a more longer term collaboration. Um, I always recommend that influencers go for long term collaborations because there's so many brands that, you know, they want just one post promoting their brand. And I think unless you are some extraordinary influencer with these with this audience that just converts on the flip of a switch like that's going to be really hard to get optimal results so i always recommend that you try to get at least like a two to three month longer term collaboration so that would be your opportunity to pitch something like that um, and just explain to the the brand that you know if i'm posting about this over and over again on real stories posts etc cetera, etc cetera, like your your return is going to be a lot higher and I think that wrap up email with those screenshots, like that's almost a great thing to use to pitch a brand. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. I like to include, so in my media kit, you know, there's things like demographics about me, um, brands I've worked with, but also you can include a few case studies as well. Um, including like what the scope of the campaign was, what the goal of the campaign was as well as those sorts of results with, with screenshots. I like that. And you said you work with a lot of people. So tell mm -hmm. me, I mean, you said thousands of women a month. So you have online courses and then you have a mastermind. Mm -hmm. Tell me all of the things that you offer. I mean, obviously we can listen to your expertise and you um, chatting with different people on her Life by Design podcast. Follow you on Instagram at Christina Galbato. Mm -hmm. But tell me how you actually work with people and you help people Mm -hmm. live their life by design. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> so on brand. Um, yeah, so I have two online courses. Um, they're self-paced video-based online courses. We have Facebook communities for both of them, which I think is like one of the best parts about being in either of the boot camps. So the first one is called the Influencer Bootcamp. It was originally called the Instagram Bootcamp, but I decided to file a trademark and that was not good. So I had to change the name. <laughs> Every day. Well, it's the yeah. business mindset. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Was not, did not have a business mindset with that decision. So anyway, um, the influencer bootcamp is focused on creating a, um, a unique brand on Instagram, standing out from the noise, growing an engaged audience and pitching brands. And then I also have the blogger bootcamp. So the blogger bootcamp is focused on growing your blog traffic and your email list. So I think Instagram is great, but you never, ever, ever want to rely on social media to house your entire audience and your business. So I think having a blog and an email list in particular is one of the smartest things that you can do if you have a personal brand online. Um, just, you know, because you do not control the algorithm, you don't control um, how your content is being seen at the end of the day. So that course is focused on um, 
your blog and your email list. And then my mastermind program is a six month group coaching program that I run twice a year. Um, really the only kind of opportunity that I give my audience to work with me in a more one-on-one capacity. Um, we have, uh, four other support coaches that do, um, support calls every month. I do a support call every month and we have a Slack channel for Monday through Friday support as well. So that's, quickly become one of my favorite things that I do in my business because I'm able to, um, you know, work more personally with women that are not only trying to monetize with brand collaborations, but also expand into things like online courses, digital products, and all that stuff. So I'm going to assume, correct me if I'm wrong, that the influencer bootcamp and blogger bootcamp is more beginner. And then the six month group coaching is more intermediate or advanced because people will need that more one-on-one time with you. Exactly. Yeah. The courses are more, um, you know, a lot of people are starting from zero and starting from the beginning, but once you have an engaged audience, once you have a clear brand and vision for where you want your business to go and you have begun monetizing, then the mastermind program would be right for you. And obviously it is a, um, a higher price point. Right. Exactly. And that's at christinagalbato.com. Yes. We're doing a little website revamp that should hopefully be done by the end of this week. So early June, whenever this episode is coming out, we'll have a new website. Okay. So just in time, everybody will go there and see the new website. I actually just, I'm, as we record, I'm redoing my lifestyle blog, but by the time this is released, the new blog will be done and beautiful and pretty because I did make it a point, um, to focus on my lifestyle blog in 2021, so my PR agency, it I have an amazing team that is so much better than me at everything they do. So they don't need me. They don't want me. I only get in the way. So they're doing great there. My software podcast clout, I mean, it's software, it's technology. It kind of runs itself. And if it needs anything, all that stuff's over my head. Anyway, I have a team that helps with that. So when I looked at how do I want to spend my time, what do I enjoy doing? And it really went back to when I was a TV reporter and anchor. Like I enjoyed creating visual content. I just, after 10 plus years, I hated the kind of content I was creating. I was outside crime scenes. I was talking to, you know, parents who were like Mm -hmm. depressed because, you know, they just had some tragedy happen. So I was Mm -hmm. like, I want to create like the fun content with my family and at home. So I said, okay, 2021 is going to be the year that I focus on my lifestyle blog. And I don't know about you, but I get very like... I don't want to say if it's addicted or like (laughs) interested in like the SEO part of blogging. Like it's fascinating. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. SEO is addicting. And I feel like once you, um, kind of learn everything that goes into it, it can become quite an obsession. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. So I'm focusing on that while I'm doing the blog rebrand and that's, that's going to be my focus for this year. Okay. Christina, you have the programs, you have your website, your podcast, anything else you want to add or any other place you want to send people to before we say goodbye? Sure. Um, Yes. You can check me out on my website, social media. Um, I also have, if you're not ready to jump into an online course, I have a number of free trainings. um, The first being about Instagram and specifically how to grow using reels and how to start attracting brand collaborations to your page. So that's a a totally free hour-long training that I can send you the link for. Um, and then the second free training that we have is kind of those those first steps that you need to take if you're looking to launch a high-traffic, profitable blog. Okay, so where can we get the real training? Um, the real training is christinagalbato.com 
forward slash TIB dash webinar. And then the um, blogging focused one is christinagalbato.com forward slash TBB dash webinar. And I can awesome. send you those links. We will link to that in the show notes. Thank you, Christina. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out the show notes for this episode for links to everything we discussed and to find Christina Galbato off of the Become a Media Maven podcast. Make sure you check out her podcast, Her Life by Design. I am a guest on that podcast as well. If the episode hasn't yet been released, it should be released soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any ideas, thoughts, suggestions, tips, tricks, strategies, that you would like me to cover or people you would like me to interview, please let me know. The best way to find me is on Instagram. Just send me a DM at Christina all day so I can try to give you what you want right here on the Become a Media Maven podcast.